All right, welcome to Texans Unfiltered. Um, unfortunately, it's just me tonight. Um, my co-host, last minute canceled. So what I'll do is, it looks like there's a couple of y'all in chat. I'll just start asking y'all questions and see how y'all are doing. Um, well, how is everyone tonight? Are we tired of the Texans? Are we tired of everything going on with Deshaun? Are we just tired of it all, Wait, waiting for the draft, waiting to know what we are possibly going to do? All right. Give people a moment to get in here and, and start talking. I hope they at least start talking. Um, let's see. Latest news is, of course, uh, Deshaun's attorney um, had a, a press conference yeah, the Astros are are not doing so hot. They start went five. They're not, probably going to end up five and five. Is that right now? They've lost five in a row after winning five in a row. Because of course, we can't have nice things in Houston. Um, I don't even know where to start looking at draft pit prospects. Like I don't know what draft picks we're going to have. I still, um, as I said last week, I don't think Deshaun's getting moved this week or this year for this draft. Um, there's too much up in the air. Like I'd be absolutely shocked and amazed if they pull off a half-decent return, especially since just waiting until next season, there will be absolutely no difference on the return. The return might actually be better because, you know, it'll cost less. So, I mean, his annual salary will be higher, but overall he will, will cost less. Let's see. But it, the draft should be at least entertaining. Casario seems to know what he's doing. Let's see, is there anything else going on? Uh, one of the women from the Deshaun's lawsuit did, uh, she dropped out, so he's down to 21. Um, I don't really think that means anything other than the fact that once she loses her anonymity, once she has to put her number or her name out, all you have to do is go look at um, the one woman, all the third-party attention that she's gotten since she, her name came out, and not in a positive way. So some of the women, now that they have to share their names, like, yeah, I don't, I, I, even if they have something legitimate, they may not want to put themselves and their family through it. Um, it's, especially if they're not really there for the money. I think Deshaun will not be released. I can't see that happening. Even unless he's absolute, unless he's put in jail for several years, which the nature of this case, unless there's some smart smoking gun and there's just not going to be that sort of smoking gun. There's not going to be physical evidence, not unless there was a recording of one of the incidents. Maybe if there's an if there, if there, if there was a recording of one of the incidents, which that's the only way that I could see there being a long-term suspension for Deshaun where he got released. But when I say long-term, I'm talking about he's going to be in prison. Um, but if it's as he, he said, she said, um, then... It just maybe at most he would get a year and he wouldn't be released then. I think the Texans would carry it. He's too valuable of a piece, whether or not he's on the Texans or another team. Let's see. Yeah, um, Casario, for the situation that he's in, I will say that he has absolutely done more than well. Like, Casario, with this situation... You couldn't predict it. This is definitely the hardest job that any GM could have ever walked into. We went from having a nucleus of stars with a franchise quarterback to 
a team that is all of a sudden barren of stars. Like we don't have those upper level players anymore. We don't have those elite tier and we don't have any draft pick. We don't have the draft picks to recoup them. Like we have seven draft picks, which is quite a few, but we don't have a first or a second round pick. So it just makes it so much harder. And then Casario just did wonders with, with the cap. Like I don't love any, like, I mean, there's a couple of signings which are, are nice, but I don't, Absolutely, I'm not in love with any of the or any of the uh, the signings. Like, there's no player on it that I'm just like, look at him. He's gonna he's gonna take the next level with the Texans. But what he has done is he's built a solid core. Like, if we get, I mean, it's the absolute frustration about being a Texans fan. If Casario was here when we had the Hopkins, when we had Clowney, when we had Watt, when we had when we had all those types of players, these were the type of supporting players, the supporting cast that we needed. But now we have supporting cast with nobody to support. So yeah, for the situation, he's done an absolutely amazing job. Now, yeah, I mean, action one, Jackson two, when you're talking about, I'm assuming you're talking about Deshaun. Yeah, it's, it, it's tough. My heart has never broken more for somebody that I did not know. Um, because he, he's obviously put himself in a bad spot. Um, I, I am, I am one of those people that you have to believe the, the accusers to an extent, but I do believe that there is, there's always something in the middle. Like he said, she said, there's always something in the middle and I don't know. It just, thinking about the whole situation he's a horn dog i don't realize he probably doesn't even realize how sleazy he was being but he definitely was and my heart just breaks for it because this is a guy that last year it dabo sweeney's prediction about him becoming jordan or passing on jordan was absolutely in the realm of possibilities um and especially after the season that sean just had that he was about to take that next step and he absolutely could have been the best quarterback in the NFL. And regardless of anything, with all these accusations and all the, this is going to be draining towards him. Like, even if he is 100% innocent and this is all a cash grab, the amount of stress and the amount of bad publicity that this is going to put on him, along with the trade and all that, that would drain everything of him. And that's very unlikely that he's a hundred percent in the clear and a hundred percent innocent. There's some sort of, there is some level of guilt there and that's going to be emotionally draining for him, which is going to keep him from being that type of player, the type of player that he could have been. Um, if he settles and he can make it all go away in a week, Houston Texans talk, I agree. Um, he could be traded. Um, but I doubt very much that even if he settles that he could get it, did it get it done in the next two or three weeks. I think that he's essentially going to be a dead roster spot on the Texans, but he's not going to play for the Texans next year. And before next year's draft, he'll actually get moved. I think that it doesn't really affect the, um, uh, the amount. Uh, how, do, how do you think this affects Deshaun's trade package? I honestly am of the opinion because it is so hard to find a quality quarterback and it's impossible to find a quarterback like Deshaun. You can't draft a quarterback like Deshaun. You can't draft a quarterback like Deshaun or Patrick Mahomes. You luck into them. Now you get them with draft picks, 
but Pat Mahomes and Deshaun were not one, two, three picks. They weren't first. Like, there's no guarantee. You don't know that that's going to happen. You don't know how good these quarterbacks will be. And Deshaun's just, he's beyond valuable on a football field. Like, there's not a fair trade for a quarterback of his level. Now, with that, I still think that the Texans are able to ask for whatever they want for him, and it still be fair, as long as he stays out of jail. And right now, everything's a civil suit. There's nothing that's been criminal, and just the nature of these type of accusations, it's, a, it's very unlikely that anything would go to criminal. Like I said it right at the beginning, without... Without some sort of smoking gun, like without some sort of like video or audio recording, like Deshaun's not going has really doesn't have a risk of going to jail. Again, it's so it's just right now it's so murky that what sort of suspension is he going to have? That's what I'm going to argue is going to keep his trade value down because. Teams don't know what they're trading for, but at the same time, you got to remember, teams draft in the first round all the time. Players that are injured. It wasn't too long ago where the Tennessee Titans, a few years ago, Jeffrey Simmons, where he was out more than half the season. And he, they still use the first round pick on him. So if it just looks like Deshaun's going to be suspended for six games, that doesn't lessen his value. The only thing that will impact his value is the threat of him going to jail. And right now, there's no threat of him going to jail. Like maybe something will turn up, but right now I just don't see that. Um, James is here, maybe, kinda. He's in the dark. I'm driving, but I saw you were solo and I figured I have 15 to 20 minutes before I get home. So let me let me at least hop on here. You know, it's like one of, the, one of those old days, the uh, radio call-in shows when somebody's driving and sitting on traffic. Like, yeah, you like can do that. John, it's bullshit. I don't understand what the Texans are doing. If you just look at this organization from the beginning, they've been a mess. They're cursed. I'll hang up and listen. Never listening again. First time caller and, and you're done? First time listener, last time caller. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, uh, the Texans, I, dude, granted, what are the Texans doing? What, what do they do? What do they do? Uh, well, you know, they hired a competent GM. Um, you know, I know, I, I, I know, like things are doom and gloom, and Sean Watson's got his situation going on, and uh, everything seems to be in this like situation where there's no end. And I, I can, I can understand that, but to be honest with you guys, like. I feel so much better. Like, I, yeah, Deshaun is gonna for is gonna be a huge cloud no matter what. Like, there's just nothing you can do about it. He's gonna be, it, it's gonna be a negative Nancy show for the next year. But you know, try to look past that like next year. And, and then I don't mean like in the sense of like don't take it in, don't watch the games, don't don't try to enjoy it. You should because there's gonna be a lot of young players playing. Players have the opportunity to really like show what they have on the field. It's a building year, and it's not a rebuilding year. And I think the rebuild phrase is thrown around quite a bit. Sorry, I can't look at the camera because I'm looking at the road too. But um, it, it's a building year. Yeah, we lost our quarterback. He's not going to ever suit up for the Texans again. Maybe, you know, maybe he will. 
Uh, it seems like most of the fan base doesn't want him, but like this year is going to be about building on what we learn from the players and the roster that we have moving on from players like Whitney Merciless the following season um, and, and just rebuilding that defense. Uh, the offense this year will look, you know, completely different. And then that following year is when you draft a quarterback and you trade Deshaun, and that's when the excitement starts to come back. I think it's really hard for anybody to grasp that there should be any excitement around the team, and I think that's fair because we're in, like, this tumultuous place that no franchise of any sports have ever been through. Uh, But just look at it as that. No sports team has ever gone through anything like this. No, Nobody... Nobody knows how to handle it. But at the end of the day, like this next year after this is when you really start to get to going and you put the wheels to the ground and you you, you start to see where you can go. And we're going to have draft picks. We're going to have more draft picks once we move to Sean. And just enjoy the season and enjoy the draft. We're like two weeks away. I understand we don't have a first and second, but we do have a third and we have some other picks. And, you know, who knows what can happen between now and then. And. Like, this should still be an exciting time. We had a pretty exciting free agency, in my opinion. No big names, but, like, we filled holes on a roster that needed the holes filled. And just smile through it. It's all you can do. I mean, hate to be like that manager that's like, it's going to be a rough shift. We're short. We're shorthanded. And I need everybody to get your life together because we're going to have to make this through together. But at the end of the day, like, that's really what this is. Like, right now, we just need to steer the ship. And and man it, and that's that's all we can do as fans, and that's all we can do as media is uh, we can just step in, pull our pants up, roll up our sleeves, and get dirty, and just enjoy what's coming. And then after that, then we start to make a plan, and then we start to see the true vision of where we're going and what's going to happen. And um, you know, try not to get bogged down in the Deshaun Watson stuff. You know, whether you no matter what side you're on, honestly, like sexual predator didn't do anything wrong either way, no matter like where you're at on, on the Deshaun Watson saga, understand it's 98% like of a chance it's over completely. So move on, start to look at 2022 quarterbacks, start to build out what you'd like to see the Texans do get back into that era where we didn't have a quarterback and understand that we have a GM that's very competent and can pull things off and lead us down the right path. No more buying into the Jack Easterby stuff. You just can't. You can't anymore. That That's like the article came out today about the Eagles basically having a Jack Easterby. And you don't see Philly fans just jumping off a freaking boat. Like, I think well, all I, mean, Philly fans I know you guys talked about it last week, but Philly fans are kind of nuts, anyways. Like, I, I mean, part of what we're kind of forgetting here is because we're so Texan centered. A lot of the stuff that we make a big deal about, other fan bases have already done it a hundred times over. Yeah. Granted, yeah. at the same time, like, we don't get a lot of good. Not in Houston. Yeah, and you just got to keep in mind, like, this is a real, this is the, we're the newest franchise in the NFL. There's going to be bumps and bruises along the way. It sucks. Trust me. I understand. I, 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 I love the quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Anybody who's listened to this show knows that I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Deshaun Watson, the quarterback. Um, but at the end of the day, like, there's just nothing you can do. Like, you're not you, you can spend all day scrolling through Twitter and Reddit and see all the new claims and new things that come. But like, at the end of the day, it's not going to impact anything. 
you know for a fact he was gone prior to these allegations. So the allegations really have nothing to do with the future of this team. There's nothing you can do. He's gone. He was gone beforehand. He's gone now. Like, I don't know. I'm just past no. the Moby stage. No, I, I mean, I actually, I agree with you. Um, in my opinion, the allegations, all they've done is cemented the fact that it was actually going to happen. Um, yep. Without the allegations, I think the Casario was serious about digging in and it was going to get super ugly. But now that this has happened, he he's definitely gone. It's just a question of when. Yeah, I mean, and, and Miami was trying to trade for him still last week. So, like, I, I just – here's what needs to happen. If the Texans want to move forward quick, there has to be a settlement. The settlement has to happen ASAP. It has to happen – the draft is in 16 days. The settlement has to happen within the next 10 for there to be a chance that he's moved on draft night. A team can weather the PR storm that comes from a settlement. It's not hard to do. At the end of the day, this league is about winning and results. And Deshaun Watson on your roster makes you a competitor, no matter the roster. Washington football team, Miami Dolphins, Denver Broncos, it doesn't matter. Your team is better with Deshaun Watson, even given the draft capital. Now, Miami's the only team that can give the draft capital and also weather the storm of giving up said draft capital and players because they have made some extremely intriguing and smart moves from the GM perspective on building the roster one and two adding draft capital in a way that I've never seen a team be able to do so. I mean, they're stacked. They can give up three firsts and be fine. They can give up four firsts and be fine. They can give up a combination of three firsts and three seconds. There's so many different scenarios that they can do and still be a capable and competitive team in a division where the the Patriots aren't anything to worry about. I mean, we say that now. Who knows? Cam Newton will be MVP next year, and they'll win another Super Bowl. I, I, I just kind of the way the storyline works in Foxborough, right? But you know, you got the that's Bills. definitely in the realm of ha- possibility of happening. Like that would not right. shock me one bit. And I mean, I just want to touch on the Mi- uh, Miami because again, they've done a phenomenal job of acquiring the assets. Like they can trade for Deshaun, and it wouldn't destroy their team because you know, th- thank you, Bill O'Brien. Um, but. If Deshaun's going to get moved this year, it will be to Miami. And again, it's still within the realm of possibility that they do it because they also have a team that if he's suspended half the season, they'll still be in the playoff race. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they might be could in the you, division race. <laughs> could you imagine that? You're in the division race, and then you get to add Deshaun Watson fully healthy and rested after missing half of a 17-game season? Only thing is, although I I don't buy that it'll only be a half a season. I think uh, I think a lot of people seem to miss the fact that like social media has grown to a point to where it's hard to ignore. Unlike where it was when Ben went through what he did, and even Ray Rice, you know, that was what six years ago, um, seven years ago. Like that, that's like that's still on people's mind. But even then, like Twitter and everything else, really wasn't at the stage it's at now. Like social media really actually has a voice now and it's going to be very hard for the NFL to ignore what Deshaun Watson is going through right now. Guilty, innocent, doesn't matter. All of that, all of that conversation needs to just go out the window. It really doesn't matter what people's opinions are on that front, but well, I would uh, argue with that. The reason the Ray Rice is because there was a video, the same reason with Kareem Hunt is there was a video like that video 
right. evidence really pushed the punishment. Well, and Ray Rice was the video ev- a year, right? Correct. And so yeah. was Kareem Hunt. Right. And then uh, Kareem Hunt, not to like get into like, um, you know, how bad a situation is compared to another, but um, that situation was not near the level of Ray Rice's. Oh, no, absolutely not. And I mean, it's, but the fact that there was a video there. Correct, correct. If, but I'm saying, so not now, a, if comparing, comparing no video but 20 women, I think it kind of puts it in the ballpark of the same thing to an extent. Um, because there are so many that it, it kind of escalates everything to a much higher level. If that makes sense. No, I, I see where you're ha- you're coming from, and I actually agree. But I'm just saying that I wouldn't be surprised if it's only half a season, unless there's some sort of like concrete evidence. Like in a case like this, and there doesn't have to be concrete evidence for him to be guilty. But I think with his profile and it being the NFL, for him to actually get suspended for for a whole season, they're going to need, I think they'll need a little bit more. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it all depends on if this actually goes to court, like a civil court. If there's no settlement, I can't, if there's no settlement, one, he's not going to play the season in general. Really doesn't matter. The case, the, he's going to be on the exempt list. The case, the, the case is going to go on for a while. It's not going to be anything quick and smooth. It's, it's going to be a six to eight month process. And he'll also still have to face a suspension after coming off the exempt list. Because he was paid during while being on the exempt list. You're still paid. Really? Yeah, I believe I so. I did not know that. I'm, huh. I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. Could be wrong. I haven't really been as dug in as I used to be, but I'm in. I mean, I will be again, but um, I, I just. I, I believe I heard it on the radio that if he's placed on the exempt list, he is paid. So, you, but you might want to fact check me. Oh, he 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 is paid. Okay. Yeah. So while on the commissioner's exempt list, a player is paid as if he were on the active roster. Yet he does not count against the team's fifty-three man active roster limit. A player on the exempt list is not allowed to practice or attend meetings, but he is allowed to be present at the facility for meetings to work out and to receive treatment. Yeah. No, I think it's the non-exempt or, or something. Like, I think there's another one that he isn't paid um, and does not count. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Like that's a that's a question for Troy, uh, Texans cap. But um, either way, like, put us and they get to, and it looks like the commissioner gets to determine on a case by case basis whether or not how their contracts affected wait that's weird which which is interesting because when you look at this position or this situation and you take into account the player which is the most important player in all of sports the quarterback who is also the highest paid player in all of sports that to me would would make me think that there's a chance that Roger Goodell will possibly go in that favor of the Texans and not pay Deshaun. Um, 
And I don't think we've ever had anybody on the exemplist for a full season, um, which is different, right? If, if, if this does go to court and it's an eight to nine month, you know, maybe even longer process, then you're talking about a full year's salary to a player being paid but not playing on the field. I think it's just it, this entire situation is just a completely different situation than what uh, any sport has ever gone through. So I, I don't think there is anybody with the right answer or, or understanding of how this will unfold from a football perspective. Um, it's just more of a wait and see. And I think that that's a lot of times people are like, oh, wait and see, wait and see, which is fine. I, I agree. I think you do need to wait and see. Um, but those same people that are telling people to wait and see and cast judgment and inform your opinions and, and have your talk. I think those people are wrong. Um, and I know it's like a little tangent, but like those same people are telling you to not have an opinion, but yet they have an opinion to tell you to not have an opinion. So <laughs> I, I, I don't really understand uh, how that works, but those people are idiots in my opinion. How about this conversation, John? And I'll have to probably be done here in five minutes because I'm walking in the house to dinner. But um, what about Deshaun's camp? I, I know Landry Locker, who I think sucks at radio. Um, people were talking about he went in on Deshaun's team. But um, how is Desha- like David and Quincy and Athletes First, how are they not catching any smoke for the way that this entire situation has been handled? I mean, when you look at this situation, if we, if we just go back to the beginning, if there was a 100K settlement, this would have all been swept under the rug. Uh, if they would have went to the Texans and were actually in the Texans' good graces, would this have ever reached the level it's at now? David's pride and ego have has really drove this to a point of no return at this point. I mean, Busby is now sunk in too. I mean, it came out today. He, he's sunk in. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, there was one woman that dropped off, potentially two, but there's still 20 out yeah. there that are well, willing 21. to 21. 21 that are willing 21 to 21, and uh, according to Busby, there's six to eight more that have not passed vetting. Um, and today? That's in- he said that today, or was that a week? That he, that he, hasn't, ta- that he hasn't taken on. To, uh, he, I think he said that on Wednesday, that he didn't take it on. Under the that he didn't take on, there was five directly, yeah. and then there was another one from Sports Illustrated, and then there's rumors of two more talking to other lawyers. Yeah, which that that's where things get really complicated for Deshaun at that point. If there is another, the one way that and yeah, you hate to say that women messed up in this situation because they're the ones that are the victims and they're going through these things, but ultimately, the one thing that did hurt does hurt Busby is that they are all with one lawyer. This would have been much worse for Deshaun if each one of these women had a different lawyer. Um, but at the end of the day, like David, David's not getting any smoke. He should definitely get a ton in my opinion uh, because he raised all these issues up with the Texans, forced their hand, leaked all these reports to the media. I don't know how far you guys went into the Easter Bee stuff last week. It didn't seem like you guys went too much into it, but when you look at like the first, me and Jair were talking, and if you look at the first article, right, SI wrote, that came from B.O.B.'s agent, right? Makes total sense. Yep. 
everything that's talked about, that came from Bill O'Brien's agent. Second article, that came from Amy Palsik, right? If you look at what it's dealing with, Amy dealt directly with the players. That's who she spoke to. That's who she had a relationship with. And what is that story about? That story is about the relationship with the players, following players, things of that nature, right? And then you look at the third one. And that one heavily focuses on the relationship with Sean Watson and Easterby and the way that he chastised him and patronized him, or at least that's how Deshaun felt, and reaching out to Deshaun's mom and talking about his conduct and things of that nature. And so when you when you add it all up, this smear campaign for Easterby, I don't want to say was because this is this is the part that that people tend to really get like not understand. Easterby the GM was shit, pure shit. There's no there's no sugarcoating it. He was awful and should have never been in charge. He's not qualified. All of the things that have been said to this point are accurate. But Easterby the person who has been given all this smoke and death threats and all this other stuff is just unwarranted in my opinion. I think it's crazy. I, I really think it's pretty nuts what, what he's gone through and I don't think he deserves it as a, as a person. And the people can't seem to separate the GM and the person. And so now when you look at it all, it's coming full circle kind of, um, kind of everywhere now, but David, because he applied so much freaking pressure to the Texans and the way he handled the trade request and Deshaun not answering his phone and not wanting Nick Casario and not wanting David Coley and all these other things, when you look at it, he could have actually leveraged the relationship with the Texans, had this all taken care of in-house, and we wouldn't be in the position we're in now. His client's name wouldn't be being dragged through the mud the way that it is currently. It would have just now, been is that on Europe. is that on Deshaun's team or is that on Deshaun? Well, because so one here's the thing: it's been pointed out by a couple of different lawyers is the way that they're going about this. Sounds like the person that they're getting their information, i.e., Deshaun, isn't telling them the whole truth. Like, if you look at the legal strategy and how everything's come out, so if Deshaun's not telling his lawyer the whole truth when he's supposed to defend him, do you really think he was telling his? team the whole truth he was still trying to portray this image or he still thought of himself in this image that he does nothing wrong a little bit of both i I think david the way he runs his business with his clients is very family oriented you also have to look back at deshaun's life and growing up deshaun's never had the father figure uh david and quincy are really like the two closest people that he has you know quincy's also been mentioned to have referred and he's been brought up twice now uh, in press conferences. Um, so Quincy has no excuse. Quincy was a part of it in, in an ex- to an extent, right? Um, I don't think that Quincy was like trying to get Deshaun, you know, I don't think he was trying to go to this far. I think he was just referring massages, but either way, Quincy and David had to have an idea. They had to have an idea. And I think if that family thing is there with athletes first and David and his clients, then David's a really smart guy. I'm pretty sure he has an inkling or an understanding of what was happening. And I do think that Deshaun probably did disclose the proper information, right? Because that lawyer was ready to settle, but just not settle on 100K. And then he makes the comment, what was it? Um, 
we, we were basically like they were going to use the settlement as a way to teach Deshaun a lesson to not do it again. Right. So therefore, they have some understanding of what was happening. Um, and yeah, I think, they I think probably... that they I think they saw it as Deshaun consensually hooked up with one person. Like, I think that's what they saw. And that one person is now blackmailing him. Not so much. The I think Deshaun may have kept from them a how often it happened, where it's like one of those situations. It's like, well, how when they probably asked him, Hey, Deshaun, how many either that or the lawyer's horrible? Because I cannot imagine that this was not a question, Deshaun, how many of those women did you have a sexual relationship with? And hey, go, it sounds like he went one, or maybe he said one, and now. A couple of weeks later, well, it's it's more than one, several of them, because how they're going about the case is they originally wanted to about almost like Deshaun didn't know these women, like they were just one-time massages and that's it. Not that the fact that there could have been potentially some sort of conduct there, because you would have thought they would have headed that off at the pass, and they didn't. It just seems like Deshaun's team is always on the is literally always on the defense. Whereas if your client's being honest with you, you could at least, there's a, a, there's a counter, a counter offense, offensive to it, where they can actually go out and be proactive where they have not been able to do so. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, I think there's probably a little bit of in both, to be honest with you. Um, I, I just got home. Um, and TV's going full blast, and nobody expected me to record. And I'm sitting down to eat <laughs> macaroni grill and watch Angels. Nice. Um, but I thought I'd at least give you something for that, at least the 30 minutes I could. No, no. I mean, that gets us to, that'll probably get us to 45 minutes instead of just, you know, 15 minutes of me talking and then running out of steam. So there's something. So now you get to wrap it up. It's perfect. You know, that's I- something. Next week, right? Yeah, next week. Uh, next week's you. Okay, sweet. Well, yeah. Bye, guys. All right. All right. I appreciate you, man. Later, bro. All right. Let's see. Where is there any good questions that I missed? Um, just to kind of further elaborate on. The exempt list, based just on what I was reading, is essentially there's no rules there. It's something they entirely made up to kind of hold players before they got charged and they didn't know what to do with them. Uh, Deshaun and his situation is so unique because the exempt list really isn't made for somebody like him um, with this much gray. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting. How do I get my head so shiny? I I was just blessed with a naturally shiny head, Corey. Thank you so much. Um, Let's see. 22 women is definitely too many. That's the question. Check Discord. Is there any questions in Discord? I've got it up. Questions for the show. Okay. Uh, do college athletes receive sufficient compensation consider the amount of revenue they bring in? Should college athletes be considered employees? Uh, wholeheartedly, yes and yes. I do think that there would have to be a significant 
restructure to how the NCAA works and operates or, you know, teams like Texas, which actually I wouldn't mind, could literally just pay all the the best athletes. Um, but there's got to be a way to balance that out. I mean, granted, having Texas just pay all the best athletes, they would still find a way to mess that up. I have no doubt. Um, but no, that's that's a great question. Fanatic 116, I do agree that it, especially college football players, if you look at some of the facilities and some of the, like the owners or like the, the Dean's box and at Alabama, like they have like diamond and their suites. Like it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like they can't afford to play their, pay their players. And a lot of these guys, they deal with injuries and things like that that affect them for the rest of their life. Um, I don't know what the proper balance is because you do need football with fans spending money to support other at- athletes. Um, Usually athletic departments are wholly self, self-sufficient, but that's because they rely on football money to be self-sufficient. Without football money, I, I don't know, but there's no tax dollars going to any athlete. Um, even with public universities, it's usually revenue generated from the athletic department, specifically football. But yeah, athletes, especially revenue driving athletes like football players um, and basketball players should definitely be paid. Um, would Mac Jones be the perfect for the Texans? I am not a big fan of Mac Jones. Um, I get why he's moving up the board. He, there's a reason why he was a five-star quarterback. Like, I just, I don't know. Not a, not a big fan of him. I, I would rather have Trey Lance and let him work, sit for a year. Like, I think the upside is higher there. He just... He's just, you know, Mac Jones just, he's an Alabama quarterback. I don't trust Alabama quarterbacks. And yes, somebody pointed out, do I trust um, Ohio State quarterbacks? Typically, no. I mean, look how that's worked out. Um, that's a pretty safe bet. You need quarterbacks that have and that have had some struggles in college. Like if they get to play with all the five stars, I think that affects them. Um, but I, I could be wrong. Let's see. Any other good questions? Given that we have a crappy roster and we don't really have a head coach, what are the chances that realistically the Texans become the first team to go 0-17? Um, well, it's definitely in the realms of possibility. However, I do think it's unlikely. Um, just 0-17, that's so many games. You're going to luck into a win. I think that our team actually does have more balance on the roster, like not necessarily great players or even good players, or but we do have a lot of average players. Like when Casario went out and he said, would you rather go, or he would rather hit a lot of singles and hopefully some doubles instead of going for um, home runs. I think he definitely, definitely went out and hit a bunch of singles. Now we'll get to see if any of those singles turn into doubles and maybe somebody stretches out into a triple. At that case, the team may look better, but I mean, he's put together a solid roster. However, I will say I am very concerned with Lovey Smith and his, his comments about not being able to stop three, uh, three receiver packages and, you know, running quarterbacks while he was at Illinois. That's kind of concerning. Um, that's very, very concerning to tell you the truth because 
he's complaining that he couldn't get his defensive system set up in the big it's the Big Ten against college offenses, which I mean some of them are are very, very creative. Don't get me wrong, but they don't have the players and they don't have the skill players as the NFL. And what team in the NFL traditionally goes out there with two tight ends? Everybody's going out there with three receivers now. Everybody's going out there with running quarterbacks and and receiving running backs. Like the fact that Lovey Smith seemed a little out of touch talking about not being able to put his defensive in at Illinois actually scares the crap out of me. I wasn't a huge Lovey Smith hire to begin with or a fan of the hire to begin with, and now I'm definitely terrified. Uh, Thoughts on Pep Hamilton? I like Pep. Uh, he has a good tra- track record of coming in and developing quarterbacks. Uh, it's not just Justin Herbert last year. Andrew Luck also gave him a lot of credit. And I think that he, for a quarterback coach, he's a steal because he should be an offensive coordinator. Um, I'm almost of the belief that they weren't sure if Tim Kelly was going to stick around and follow or follow Bill O'Brien because everybody else did or if Tim Kelly was going to get hired away. So I, I mean, they're paying uh, Pep Hamilton very well to be a quarterback's coach when he could quite honestly be a very solid offensive coordinator. Um, Talent discrepancy in college is what he means without saying. So maybe um, when talking about Levy Smith, he didn't have the talent in college to run his um, defensive coordinator. Uh, Possibly. I mean, with his system, he's relying on a lot more of athletic linebackers. He's asking, he's, He's running a 4-3, but he's asking those three linebackers to do a lot. Um, sometimes one's going uh, to drop back. Um, what was it? Brooks or a bunch, bunch of Brooks? Who was it in Tampa Bay? So long ago. Uh, I was a little kid. But it was just that linebacker that he always pointed at that made his defense go. You had to have um, – it was it Brooks? I don't know. But you have to have that linebacker to make a defense, the Tampa 2 really work the way he wants to. It just gives you so much more flexibility. And I don't know if we have that guy. And if he's really that out of touch with the NFL, maybe. Or maybe he just didn't get the recruits he wanted. Then again, I mean, I know that um, on the Stutes cast, they talked about if you're a, a quality defensive coach, you should be able to go anywhere. And and have success. And then they used Muschamp as the example, which kind of defeated their purpose of saying it, even though I'm agreeing with what they were saying, because Muschamp went to South Carolina and multiple first round picks. And yet South Carolina had a trash defense the past three years. This is a with JC Horn, who is going to be the best corner in this draft. This was a defense that had Javon Kinlaw, who was an absolute stud for the Niners this past year. And They've also had multiple players um, drafted in the first three rounds over the past couple of years. And every single year that defense at South Carolina, other than his first two years, was horrible. So there may be something to not getting the right players, no matter how talented they are, into your defense. Um, but I don't know. I'm just not a fan of Levis Smith. And I hope that I'm wrong about him because if we are able, if he's able to get even a halfway decent defense, then, yeah, then we are definitely not going 0-17. But I don't know. That press conference just wasn't very inspiring. Uh, yeah, Jafon Kinlaw, like I said, man, he's he's one of my favorite players. Absolute beast. 
Let's see. Pep might be able to turn Mac Jones into a stud. Might be able to. Um, I just, I don't know what, how much, how much more athletic is Mac Jones than um, than AJ McCarron? Like that's AJ McCarron was a prototypical what you wanted a pro style quarterback to look like, and he's been an average backup. So. I think the quarterback position, part of the reason it's so hard to scout is players have to go through stuff. Like quarterbacks have to go through stuff. They have to struggle. They have to improvise. They have to really learn on the fly. It doesn't matter what their physical talents look like. It's it's um, almost like the mental, the perception, like look for guys that would have been great basketball players as quarterbacks. They can just see the whole court because that's what you need with your quarterback. Being 6'5", made out of pure muscle with a cannon arm, I mean – you may be able to put up stats, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a, a successful quarterback in the NFL. And th- with Mac Jones, like, I don't think he's based on his pro day numbers, even though those are usually infl- inflated because college is always want their pro players to look better. So they're always a little bit more um, generous there. Like he doesn't really scream that he's that much more athletic than, than AJ McCarron and AJ McCarron is probably the best Bama quarterback over the past couple of years. Maybe Jalen Hurts, but, I mean, he had to go to Oklahoma. Yeah, I'd rather have a Josh Allen, somebody that's reckless, that could agree with Tony Yeo. Take somebody like Josh Allen who's reckless but sees everything and try and get them rained down. Like, you do, you want those hyper-aggressive, like, great athletes that can throw with accuracy. Um even though Allen, which is absolutely amazing, like I thought he was going to bust it out. I'm definitely wrong on him because I didn't think you could teach accuracy. But, you know, Buffalo proved me wrong. They taught Josh how to be a little bit accurate, and that's all it took. How do you feel about the tensile trade? Um, well, at the time, I supported it because I thought our pick would be in the 20s. I didn't realize we were going to fall off the cliff. When you're essentially giving up it's always called two first and a second. But if you are giving up picks in the late 20s, it's essentially two seconds and a third versus an early round first pit, first round pick, which of course it became. That's what made it painful. Now, looking back on it in hindsight, yeah, it was a dumb trade. Like the smart thing to do is draft Orlando Brown and, you know, making Titus Howard play left tackle. Like there's other things I could have done that would have been smarter and cheaper and then we're not in this situation we have our draft picks and who knows what type of players those turn into but when you think you have a team that's in the upper echelon do you make a trade for a proven stud or do you are you taking a lottery ticket to the draft because first round players don't live up to the hype all the time my there's the first round bust rate i think is something like 40 percent so, yeah, even though that's 60% of the time you're going to get a, a, a contributing player, the other 40% doesn't happen. So I can completely understand trading draft picks for proven players. Like, I, I still sympathize and I still get it. Do I think that it was too much? Even at the time, I said it was kind of steep, but I understood it. Definitely understood it. Now... Looking back in hindsight and the fact that we fell off a cliff, it's a horrible move. 
But again, at the time, when you think that you're going to be a top tier team, you think that you're going to be in the playoffs, you think you're going to have a, a pick in the late 20s. I can understand the reasoning. I mean, I'll even go out here and say this, and I know this is a little bit controversial. I actually don't think Bill O'Brien's plan was wrong. I think that his execution was horrible. Like trading, trading for a guaranteed left tackle to protect your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. That's not a bad plan. Like, you know what you're going to get with Tunsil. You're going to get one of the best draft picks in the entire, one of the best tackles in the NFL for two non-guaranteed draft picks. Like, you don't know what those two players are going to turn into. And this even goes with Hopkins, like trading Hopkins to get more draft picks. Again, not necessarily bad plans. It's just the execution was horrible. Like, the idea behind it was solid. Execution was just absolute shit. So if you had had somebody like a Casario, a professional GM, that maybe was listening and planning with Bill O'Brien, these things don't turn out bad. But when you have Bill O'Brien not able to execute it and too impulsive, like this is what happens. All right. I think I'm going to take like one or two more questions while we here, have here. Yeah. Um, Tony Ayo, definitely right. Worf was the best tackle in 2020, and he was drafted at the 13th pick. And Andrew Thomas was the worst first-round draft tackle, and he was drafted fourth. You nailed it. And, I mean, remember how many people were upset about Andre Dillard, us not moving up to go get him? Tadis Howard has been a much better player than he has, a much better pro. Even though he's been hurt, he's been a better pro than, than Dillard. So, again, you never really know how the draft is going to shake out. Like, there's no guarantees there. Getting a guaranteed first tack or getting a guaranteed player like Tunsil, yeah, I can definitely understand why you would do the trade. Maybe not send a first, two first rounds, maybe just the first and a second, or maybe a first and two seconds or something else that could have been better. Or, you know, maybe not having the franchise completely fall off a cliff. That would have made it a lot less painful. I think that there would have been a happy medium with Brian Gain. I think that if, you, if Bill O'Brien could have just gotten Gain to be more aggressive, um, I'm beginning to understand why they were so quick to get rid of Gain because they thought they had a chance to get Casario, and Casario looks so far like he might be the the uh, general manager that was worth all that hassle. Maybe. I mean, he just it seems like he might. Um, then I kind of get it. You again, it's all looking back in hindsight, and it, even that move, like even let's say that Bill O'Brien was a part of it, that might have been the right move. It was just. Horrible execution. Get rid of Brian Gain to get Nick Casario, but then you have to wait two and a half years to get Casario. <laughs> Again, right plan. Casario seems like he's going to be a great GM. Bad execution. Um, do you think there's any chance that the NFL forces the McNairs? No. Uh, no. They're not going to force the McNairs to sell the team. Um, after everything that's kind of going on, I think there's going to be a lot of it that that I think a lot of the drama of Deshaun and losing your first round, your, your quarterback like that. I think that with all the accusations and everything that kind of changes that whole perception, especially among ownership or all of a sudden the McNair's have that or Cal McNair has his out. Deshaun didn't really have an issue with him. He had an issue with everything else that was going on and he just wanted to blame somebody. So that's his out. And that's going to save. That's going to allow the Texans to save face. That's why I said last week. What these accusations do is they actually were, are going to get Deshaun his wish. 
I don't think he ends up playing for the Texans. I'd be very surprised if he does. And whereas if these accusations didn't happen, I think Casario absolutely would have played hardball. I don't think he would have moved him. But now that these accusations have happened, I think that the Texans will actually move on. Um, Toby McGuire, who was drafting for the Patriots, Casario or Belichick? Rumor was Casario did all the work, and then Belichick still continued to rely on his relationships with college coaches. Um, that's what the rumors were. I don't know how true that is. Uh, the boards that they have released from the Patriots actually look pretty spot on. And then what is interesting, though, and what kind of shows is how many of those guys that were drafted by the Patriots um, under Casario that were let go of, of the Patriots have now magically appeared on the Texans uh, roster. So we'll get to see if any of those guys are actually any good because those were definitely Casario's, Casario's picks if they followed him from New England to here. All right, I think that'll be our my last chat or my last last question. All right, if you get a couple of moments, if you would please take a moment and go to my Twitter, and if you're feeling generous, buy me a coffee. I have a coffee donation app. Again, if you're just feeling generous, do I? I we do definitely appreciate it. Um, putting on this show actually does cost a little bit of money. Uh, somebody was asking about the soundboard. It's actually a roadcaster to do the podcast, especially to do it remote. Um, oh, trying again, Miami trade, best package, far and away, in, invertive, invertive. I'm sorry, um, I, I missed it. I thought we already touched on it. Yeah, Miami has more than enough assets to put together the best trade for Deshaun Watson. Not only do they have the best assets to put together a trade, they are the only team that could trade for Deshaun, give us a fair value for Deshaun, and not tank their season. Not tank. They have a deep enough roster with enough draft capital that they could trade for Deshaun and the, they're going to look like just an absolute juggernaut out there in the AFC East for a long, long time because of it. They've done a fantastic job. Um, and if any team actually does trade for Deshaun, I think it would be them also because if he does get suspended, they can weather it and they'll be okay. Um, they're just, they're a quarterback away. They are the only team that is legitimately a quarterback away that has the assets and they can definitely just absolutely crush it if they get on. So it makes way too much sense. All right. Um, all right. Now I think I caught every caught caught everybody. Um, thank you all so much. Um, I will see you next week. Um, James will be back next week. It looks like it'll be both me and him. And that'll be it. Um, follow me on Twitter at JohnnyWade3. Also follow all of us at Houston FB pod. Sometimes James takes over it. Usually it's Jair. Uh, Jair also has his personal account, JRL uh, TX. One of the best follows in all of Twitter for anything Houston sports relation, sports related. That is JRL sports TU. So JRL sports TU. Make sure you give him a call or a follow. Um, other than that, thank y'all again. Thank you so much for being interactive. Thank you for all the questions. Thank you for talking to me and I will see y'all next week.